Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, season two, episode 29. My, my name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, no Alex, but we've got Riley, we've got Lara, and we've got Laura, so we're ready to talk all things NFL. But before we get too carried away, let's dive into our warm up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Play it on the set. Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. Now, team, I hesitated there because I'm just looking at a little run sheet here for the warm-up, and it is, it's it's Rob Gronkowski. He has announced his retirement, but I don't know. Do we believe it? He's kind of retired. He kind of hasn't. <laughs> Laura, what's your thoughts on Gronk? It's uh, a bit of a different one, this one. Yeah, I just don't know how far we can trust it. I mean, you know, it's nice to see everyone getting out there, showing their support for him after an incredible career. But we've seen him do this before. We all saw him retire, and then we all saw him as a Lakers cheerleader with James Corden. So, you know, it's a tough one. I'm hoping that what this is actually going to be is actually going to be a bit of a sideshow before him and Julian Edelman come back, play for the Bucks this season. That's what I would like to see. But, you know, he's given us such an outstanding career. He's really been like a shack for that tight end position. He's just dominated the field of play and it's been incredible to watch. But I don't know. I'm not trusting this one. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. Yeah, it, it, it is going to be interesting to see the decision. I mean, it can't be good for your body. I remember, I remember watching him after he retired. He dropped all that weight because he didn't do any sort of training or lift any weight. And then obviously he had to put all that weight back on um, for that run. But I, I think he's a guy who doesn't like the Tampa heat, is trying to get out of training camp. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, if they're in contention, uh, he'll he'll opt back in. But Lara, you know, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think his body has taken an absolute beating because he had no choice but to retire um, from the Patriots, obviously, a few years ago. And I think coming back was pretty exciting. But the Buccaneers used him a lot. Like he's on the field all the time and like maybe he's not catching the ball and running down the field every time, but he's uh, he's such a good blocker. I think you're right. I don't think he wants to be there for training camp. I don't think his body can handle a full uh, season. And so I think coming in in the back end is going to be exciting for him and Tom. (laughs) So I think he's going to be back. I don't think he's retired at all. (laughs) Now, Riley, we're going to give him all his flowers, all of his praise. We're just going to wait till sort of the middle of the year once we definitely know he's not coming back. I mean, here's a guy who was one of the all-time greats. But, yeah, what's your opinion on this one? Gronky, yeah, he's not not come back to camp for the Bucks. He's announced his retirement. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's, like, he's only getting older. He's only, like, I'm pretty sure, like, in the preseason for last year, he he came out and said that he wore a few different shirts on the same day for training so he could pretend that they were multiple days. Like, he was doing (laughs) stuff like that. So he was just, you know, he is just that kind of guy that, he knows he can do the job, but he doesn't necessarily want to put in the work. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him later in the season, but I don't think if Tampa are having a great season, he'll come back. I think he's smart enough to stay retired um, if there's no chance of them making the playoffs or if he's only going to be coming back essentially to just play. Um, 
because, yeah, I think he's got rings, he's had success, he's got the money, he's healthy as he can be kind of thing. Like, why risk it for a losing season? So, yeah, I don't see him coming back if there was him. Yeah. Yeah, and I think having his agent, well, his agent said it, who knows if Rob got him to or not, but his agent sort of mentioned if Tom calls later on, he might well come back in. So I think if his agent is saying that, it's sort of giving us an indication of uh, where he's at. You know, and I've kind of uh, committed to a few people to get rid of this COVID bot, uh, this, this dad bot I've got going on to start a train. Uh, Riley, I might take Gronk's idea though, maybe take five or six <laughs> different coloured shirts to the gym uh, take a few different vo- uh, videos and just sort of roll it out over the week. There we go. One session and you get a week's worth of uh, social media training in. But uh, there we go. The great uh, Gronk has, quote, unquote, retired. We're going to keep a very close eye on that one. But, yeah, definitely one of the all-time greats. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that one ends up. All right, team, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, The Huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles... The long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Those will be the best memories. All right, team, let's move into the huddle. Uh, and our team in focus this week is the Indianapolis Colts, uh, finishing 9-8 and eight, uh, last season. Definitely a team that was on the slide um, in a bit of an interesting situation with their previous quarterback. But, um, Laura, I'm going to throw this one straight over to you because a little bit's changed over the offseason. And, yeah, let's try and unpack this and try and work out what this means for the Colts moving into the next season. I mean, how could things not change? You know, coming off last season with Carson Wentz, he had a few great performances, you know, that game against the Jets, the game against the Ravens, where he kind of looks like he was coming on form, coming off that injury from the preseason. But, you know, to lose in the style that Indianapolis did towards the end of the season, it cost them their playoff run. You know, Carson Wentz showed once again, he's just unreliable, you know, when it comes down to it sometimes. And ultimately it lost him his job, I think. You know, the fact that Indianapolis moved him on when they didn't know what was going to happen, they didn't have a quarterback option lined up, it just showed that they were ready for a change. And I think that all comes down to general manager Chris Ballard, who really, you know, made the right moves when they needed to. And look who they've got now, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan from Atlanta. I think that's a great pickup. You're bringing in a leader. You're bringing in a guy who's got a lot of experience because really the way that Indianapolis is going now, you know, that ball's in Jonathan Taylor's hands. That's their future that's the guy that they need to kind of focus on. And they've got an incredible offensive line that if they can stay healthy, that's just going to allow Jonathan Taylor to really excel coming into his third year. Riley, you know, I poked a lot of fun at Carson Wentz last year because I was like, mate, how hard is it? I mean, all we're asking you to do is just to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this really isn't difficult. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, and he just, you know, obviously was trying too many things, doing the turnovers, doing the Carson Wentz thing, but how do you feel about the Matt Ryan situation? Because, you know, Tom Brady's kind of ruined it for everyone. I think he suddenly made everyone think that every quarterback uh, in the league can play at an elite level until their mid-40s. Riley, reality check, that that's probably not something that, you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers, I know he's getting on. So, you know, what's your thoughts on some of these veteran quarterbacks? How long can they play at that high level? And what's your thoughts on the fit there with the Colts? Uh, I really like Matt Ryan there. I think he is a cult style of player. Like they had Manning beforehand before moving on to Andrew Luck. 
Um, luck was that pocket passer who could run, um, but he was always looking downfield first. Um, and then they just had a string of, you know, one-and-done quarterbacks kind of things until they got Carson, who I think they thought he would produce a bit more than he did. And then obviously, um, you know, it didn't work out with them. But I think Matt Ryan, you know, he's got a lot of, well, a lot to prove. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. They haven't done anything since that terrible choking in the Super Bowl. So I think a fresh start for him with a pretty solid offense with, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, um, to be able to just kind of run with. He, I don't think he'll struggle gelling. Um, it'll just be whether he stays healthy because um, as you do get older, those injuries take longer to heal. The niggles become a bit more permanent. So I'm excited to see how he plays. Um, I think he is an upgrade to Carson Wentz, even given his age. So, but that's just me being a Wentz hater. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty fair enough to be honest. I think I'd put myself in that category as well, Lara. Um, you know, the Colts have been in win now mode for quite a while. You feel like they've kind of built this entire team to, you know, compete and, you know, challenge all of the, the best teams in the league. But they were just missing that one piece, and it was pretty important. It's the, the quarterback position. But, you know, thinking about trying to keep Matt upright, trying to keep him healthy, one of the big things that the Colts are going to, you know, obviously rely on is the, is their um, offensive line. When you've got a guy like Quinton Nelson sitting there, that, that's got to make uh, Matt feel a little bit more comfortable in, in terms of his shift to Indianapolis. Yeah, I think so. And I think the um, guy they drafted in the third round, Bernard Raymond, I think he's going to be really good. I think he fell because of injury, not because he belongs in the third round. So I think their offensive line is going to be fine. And I really echo everybody's sentiments. I think that Matt Ryan is going to be a a total upgrade. Um, The fact that he is a very, very accurate passer and Carson Wentz is not (laughs) Uh, regularly Um, there are certainly times when he's all right but I think you know his obsession with just trying to make some huge grandiose play um, is is awful and that's certainly what the commander is going to be dealing with Ooh, I don't like saying that Um, but I think Matt Ryan is is going to be really good Um, I'm a big fan and I don't think he's over the hill yet I think this is going to give the Colts a really good shot um, which makes me nervous because I'm a Jags fan. Um, But yeah, I think their offensive line is going to be okay. And I think there's going to be some really, uh, not only do they have Jonathan Taylor, obviously the running back who was leading Russia last year, but some of the other guys that they drafted, like they drafted one of the most interesting tight end prospects, I think um, in Jelani Woods, who's really big and uh, the first um, wide receiver they drafted as well. I think it's a big guy. So I think that Ryan is, is going to do well. I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, talent in the skill positions. That's for sure. I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, they're going to be, you know, running the football that that's, that's going to be obvious because, you know, you think about, you know, other teams where you had that peak 
aged running back. You know, Zeke when he when he had his uh, when he had those those couple of years. That's exactly where the Colts are at the moment. So um, Jonathan Taylor, I expect him to have a lot of uh, lot of runs there. Uh, Michael Pittman. It's going to be really interesting to see what he's able to produce this season. Is he able to elevate himself as you know one of the the best wide receivers in the league? You know, he's he's slowly sort of making his way up there in terms of production, and then all eyes will be on that uh, rookie receiver. That's for sure. Uh, all right, Laura, well, let's flip it over to the other side of the ball, the defensive side. And, you know, part of the reason I spoke about, you know, the Colts feeling very good about the team they've built, they just need a quarterback to try and figure this thing out, is, you know, that we, we've seen some pretty good performances from the defensive side there in the Colts. What's your thoughts on this group? You know, I think Darius Leonard has been an absolute bolster. You know, re-signing him for five years, people were a bit unsure of how he was going to go, how he was going to fit in. But, you know, last season, 122 tackles, eight forced fumbles. He really came out and showed his worth, and I think he's going to lead this defense to another good season. You know, while a lot of the problems that occurred last season did come off the back of a poor quarterback performance and some issues on offense when it came down to crunch time. That defense wasn't great either. wasn't sorry, fully consistent either. You know, we had some good games. We did have some drop-offs and a lot of those games were lost in, in one or two possessions. So that really shows that they do need a bit more of a boost and hopefully, you know, that can come through this season. It's going to be difficult though, to see where that's going to come from. I haven't quite seen any standouts that will really differentiate them yet, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I'll just jump in quickly there. I think there's a couple of um, sort of second-year and third-year players who hopefully are going to come on just to maybe, like, fill that space because you're right. There's just areas where they need to, like, step up a little bit. Um, and I think Deo Odeyingbo, I can't pronounce his name very well, I think he's going to be really good. And they've got Quiddy Pay and Yannick and Gokwe has come over as well. So I think I think that they might sort of, yeah, step up a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, Quiddy Pay will be interesting. You know, just, again, they, they're going to have to get to the quarterback, that's for sure, and they've got the players to do it. The other interesting acquisition is uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore, obviously, uh, coming over. I mean, it's just, it's very difficult for me as a Patriots homer to not still think of Gilmore as one of the game's elite players. Now, I know I'm probably living in the past, but not so long ago he was the absolute, uh, you know, he he was the best in the league. And, you know, I I feel like JC Jackson really came in and just really took his spot there at the Patriots. There was, um, you know, Bill Belichick doesn't like to pay anyone. I I, I doubt he'd give $10 to his his mother, to be honest. But, uh, and and then, you know, you can't forgive, um, you can forgive uh, Gilmore for, you know, for things not working in Carolina. So don't be, don't be surprised if he, you know, goes into a, into a better, more mature cult system uh, and really sort of steps up there as a leader. So that will be another interesting one to watch. Um, Riley, any sort of standouts for you on the defensive side of the ball? Because, this is a football team. They went 9-8 and eight last year. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's certainly not in his early 20s anymore. They're going to have to produce on the defensive side to be competitive in, uh, well, it, it's not the, group or de- not the group of death. We know that in the AFC South, but um, they really need to start racking up the wins early this year. Yeah, look, Darius Leonard is always um, going to be a top player for me. I just think he's an absolute beast, and I think he is the like the game-changing player that the Colts need, um, especially just, yeah, just the pressure on the quarterback. Like the more time they can give um, Matt Ryan to keep the ball and chew up the clock, the less time he has to or anyone has to actually be on the field defensive-wise. So I think if he can produce the way that, 
he I guess he's expected to, um, which is get to the quarterback, get the sacks. He's also really good at batting down passes as well. So if he can if he can be the player that I think or who I expect him to be, then um, I think he'll be a great asset this year again to just get the defense off the field and get the offense on. And, and then it's up to Matt Ryan to, to keep them on as long as possible. Yeah, and I still feel good about DeForest Buckner as well. Obviously, he came over on some big cash from uh, from San Fran. So, uh, yeah, going to be really interesting to see how they go. All right, team, no sitting on the fence uh, when it comes to these teams. We've got to offer our early predictions. Again, on the record, we can go back and change them before the season. Um, it still is early days. We are hearing some positive things coming out of camp, but, you know, that that's like most teams, obviously. So, Laura, going to start with you. Nine and eight last season. Can they better that this year? What, what's your thoughts on the Colts this year? I think so. I hope so. You know, I think with Matty Ryan coming, we could be looking at a 10 to 11 win team. Uh, you know, a little bit optimistic with a new quarterback coming in, but I think he's got the leadership and the experience to really kind of give the Colts what they need, which is stability, which is a guy that is accurate with his passing, can get the ball downfield. So I reckon, you know, looking at about 10 to 11. Yeah, I'm going to go 11. I, I don't have a lot of – it's – I feel I feel good about ten, but sort of that extra win. I'm thinking about a breakout season for Michael Pittman. I, I think you know as much as we talk about the running game, and that's going to be a big part of it. You you are going to have to start to see some production from the receiving core. So look, if Michael Pittman and Ryan are able to you know get a little bit of a combination there, maybe that's enough. But yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be it, it's it's still going to be a tough season here for the Colts, in my opinion. And I, I you know my my advice, and I know they'll be doing this, is they'll be looking to the future at who is their future quarterback. What What's the what's the solution there? So, uh, Lara, again, well, it's hard to get it's hard to get a read on the Colts. It's still early days. Thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm happy that you're nervous because that means that other teams in the division might step up <laughs> the Jags. But <laughs> Jags. Um, I'm I'm nervous. I think that the Colts had a killer draft, and Frank Wright is really good and. You know, they've got Nick Foles as a backup, and that never bodes well for other teams. I'm nervous. I'm going to go 12 wins. Oh, there we go. 12 wins for the Colts. Riley, uh, what's the magic number here? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit on 10. Um, I think they've got a pretty easy schedule, and I would love it to – they've got the Texans last round, so I would love to see a similar scenario as last year where – all the Colts have to do is, is win and somebody else doesn't get in, unlike last year where the Jags magically got the Steelers into the final, so or into the playoffs, sorry. So I'd love to see them on, like, nine wins and, and needing that win for no other reason than to get the double digits um, and for Matt Ryan to actually come home and get it and not choke like Wentz did. Um, but, yeah, I don't – I think – I don't think they'll beat the Jags twice. I have a feeling the Jags might pip them, and that's the ten or eleven win that I that I think it'll teeter on. Yeah, I think we're around about the same. And you know, they've just got to hang in there, the Colts. You know, with Matty Ryan, because um, you know, obviously they'll they'll tank for Arch Manning. You know, but he's still still a young fella. Obviously <laughs> committed to Texas, but uh, they'll be keeping a close eye on him. And the second his draft class is up. It will be Tank City. They will trade everyone and they will not win a game uh, to secure the next Manning. But, uh, look, going to be interesting there to see um, Indianapolis, what they can produce. Um, the AFC South, you know, we, we can we can throw our shade at them, but it is going to be one of the stories of the upcoming NFL season and definitely one to watch. 
All right, team, let's jump into the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, team, this week on the match, we're doing a little bit of a DC battle, uh, defensive coordinators, and the two that we've picked out this week is Dan Quinn uh, from the Dallas Cowboys coming up against Jack Del Rio from the Washington Commanders. Again, still getting my uh, tongue around that one, the Commanders, but... Um, Team, let's go straight to it with uh, the Jack Del Rio situation. Laura, I mean, what what's doing? I mean, you know, a lot of people lost track of Jack, a previous head coach. He's got a pretty interesting CV, but, you know, he finds himself in Washington. And, um, look, there's a lot of things happening in and around this franchise. Uh, maybe, yeah, some of the things in his actions that he's done in recent times probably wasn't the smartest move. Just a controversial offseason for a defensive coach that really didn't need it. You know, he had 12 years as a head coach, you know, a half decent stint there in Jacksonville. But, you know, you got to wonder about what's happening and what's in the water over there in Washington. It just seems like they can't make anything happen for themselves. You know, they've got so many problems in the back office. And it's disappointing to see, you know, the comments were unnecessary and, It'll be interesting to see how his team does respond. There have been a few comments coming out so far that they're, you know, looking towards the future, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know. But he is a fiery coach. He always has been. He's a guy that, you know, is very adamant on getting his players in there, learning, you're adapting to the system, no mucking about with it. And I think that has, you know, fared well for him on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, his focus on tackling efficiency is something that could be quite successful. I don't know how the season's going to go. I don't know if um, if he's really going to cement his place either on the head coach circuit or in Washington. But, you know, he's got the talent there. It'll be interesting to see how he pulls it off. Lara, you know, again, just, to, you know, the, the, the Jack situation was, it, it was so dumb. But, I mean, like doing a little bit more research into him, his political leanings, his thoughts in that particular space. I mean, that this is this hasn't been something that he's just popped out with. If you follow him on social media, it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a train. But I just felt like it was incredibly tone deaf, given the the situation that's engulfing the franchise at the moment with the the Snyder, the ownership. Uh, you know, the the, the funding's um, you know a problem at the federal level in terms of getting a new stadium. There's so much problems in around this franchise. And if, if we keep it to the football side of things as well, here's a team who has relied on their defense um, to be their DNA. Um, you know, Chase Young and, and, you know, they have just stacked their team with first-round picks for, for years upon years. They really underperformed last year, and I thought that was one of the poorest sides of the football for Washington. Lara, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on this whole situation? I mean, it's going to be interesting, um, you know, with, with Jack and this defense. Yeah, I, I would really agree. I was really disappointed in their defense last year. Um, and I think <laughs> you're right. It wasn't just being tone deaf. I think it was a really, really poor judgment, not only to have said thoughts, but to also sort of publicly state that uh, something like what happened um, in January 6th was just a, a dust up, which is what he said. And I like that Ron Rivera fined him $100,000. I think that he could have gone harder. But as you said, this is just one uh, additional thing. I mean, as you and Laura were saying, 
in a long line of reasons why I don't know that they're going to get funding for that new stadium um, when Dan Snyder's not turning up at hearings and even Ron Revere is getting fined for excess contact um, at... Um, Minicamps, yeah. Know, uh, in the lead-up to, um, you know, in the off-season. So I just... I'm not a fan of the guy and I was pretty unimpressed by the defence last year. So I'm kind of like, uh, get well, I mean... Yeah, that's- up to somebody else, right? But yeah, no, if it's it, a match up, then I'm all for Dan Quinn. You can probably hear it in the tone of my voice. <laughs> Riley, ask me this question 12 months ago, and I'd be all over, uh, Jack, because, I, you know, Washington, they were the talk of the town in terms of their defense. Little Heineke, you know, forces their way into the playoffs off the back of the defense. Let's be honest, they were outstanding. But, yeah, definitely, you know, it, it was a poor last season. But, um, yeah, quick thoughts on Jack, and then we'll move over to uh, Dan Quinn from the Cowboys because he has just, a, you know, he has a very interesting background, um, you know, previous head coach, obviously, as well. Um, I think Jack Del Rio is an idiot, just putting it bluntly. Um, he's just ignorant. He hasn't been that successful in terms of coaching. I think he only had one um, season with Oakland where they had a winning record before they fired him. Everything else was six wins, seven wins, something like that. So I don't think he's that stellar. Um, And then his personality, I think, just clashes, especially with somebody like Ron Rivera, who is so passionate about minorities and, um, like, support for people who who don't usually get a voice and things like that. so to see him do something so tactless with that tweet is just like I'm not even surprised. And Riley, how do you how do you then walk into the locker room and try and like you know what I mean? Like obviously we you know this is our opinions. You know we're we're very much against what he what he said, but you know you you've got to walk in there against you know a room full full of adults and and I I just anyway this is. The, the Washington Commanders, they're an absolute circus. And um, I, I think, to be honest, they're thankful there's no relegation. Um, uh, Laura, all right, well, let's let's flip it over now to his competitor tonight, and it is Dan Quinn. Um, interesting, you know, if things had been a little bit different in a, in a particular Super Bowl. Um, Laura, you've been burnt by the Patriots in the past. He's not the only one. But uh, talk to me a little bit about Dan Quinn. Interesting is the best word to describe Dan Quinn. You know, I really thought he was going to make a mark on the head coaching stage this year. I really thought he was going to get a job. Um, You know, it's kind of surprising. He pulled out of that last minute. He signed this extension with the Cowboys. I'm excited to know what Riley and Alex think because he was considered for the Bears. He was in that conversation for a little while. But, you know, he's come out, he said, we've got the right people to accomplish his goals. And I think that's correct. You know, you've got such a great defensive lineup. In Dallas, you know, we saw it last year. Trayvon Diggs is just going to be an absolute superstar. Hopefully he can, you know, continue some of that this year. But, you know, just super exciting. Micah Parsons, I think, is the one of the greatest draft picks that we've seen in a long time, just from production from day one. He's coming and he's really changed that defense. But Dan Quinn, you know, I think his time in Atlanta, you know, coming off the Legion of Boom in Seattle, the highs and then the lows that happened there, you know, I think coming into Atlanta, it actually set aside to showcase some concerns. You know, is he the incredible defensive coach that we grew to love and recognize, especially in Seattle? Or is he a coach of superstars? You know, in Seattle, he had that absolutely incredible Legion of Boom defense, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, the whole lineup. But then you come into Atlanta where it wasn't quite as strong now back into Dallas. 
And you have got superstars and we have seen him perform. I think that's the only question. And maybe that's why some of these conversations with other teams for head coaching didn't get as far. We did see some, you know, disappointing results, but you know, I think he's an outstanding defensive coordinator, but I do think he has also got a lot of weapons in his arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. I love that question. Is he a really, really good defensive coordinator and coach, or is he really good when he's got an incredible lineup of players? I think that is the question for him. Um, But it has been interesting to hear him reflect on his time after Atlanta and in Dallas. Um, And yeah, as the fact that he pulled out of head coaching um, interviews, I think was really interesting. And he says he's found a real kind of like, rhythm again and a love for the game. I mean, that's the, the trope, right? I found a love for the game again after, after doing, you know, a pretty bad job. Um, but certainly what he managed to achieve last year with the Cowboys, with a fairly young roster um, who had not come off, off, a, off a great season, really. Yes, you're right. Amazing players. But I think the cohesiveness and the way in which they, like the, the manner in which they all played on the defensive side, uh, I was really impressed for him to sort of bounce back that quickly after, yeah, Atlanta. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Riley, uh, you know, it, it is an interesting um, scenario that he finds himself in because, look, in my opinion, you know, you could ride the, the, the coattails of, of Micah Parsons, you know, to Laura's point. I, I think they have found someone truly special. Can we not overcomplicate his role as well? Can we kind of simplify that this year and just have him rush rush the quarterback and stop trying to be so fancy? I think Dan Quinn, you know, obviously with Randy Gregory moving on, there's actually going to have to be a little bit of coaching here, as it always is for the Dallas Cowboys, because it's not exactly like they're out there winning Super Bowls. So I, I think Dan Quinn, you know, he's got some really good players, but he's got a job to do. Um, and look, I'm, I'm with Laura. I, I really felt like he was um, in line for one of those roles What's your sort of predictions for Dan Quinn coming into this season? Where, where do you think this is going to land him? Yeah, I think he's got a good cast um, to kind of start like a like a base off. Um, Mike has come out and said that he wants to break the all-time sack record, which is 22, I think, in the season. Um, so if they can, they can find a role for him where that's his you know, if that's his goal, like let him do it. Like kind of you can you can move pieces around and, and, and give him um like the the goal that he wants essentially. Um what is interesting for me is is Trayvon Diggs. Um everyone hypes up about his interceptions and stuff like that and he was electric to watch. Um but he let in the most amount of yards of any cornerback um and the first, the most since 2016 or something like that, which was only, he was only like 20 yards off. It was over a thousand yards. Like, and it's, that's really important. And like it, it, interceptions are great and yet cool the offense, get the ball back. But if you're letting in that many yards every single game, that's more time your defense has to be on the field. That's more tired you get. There's less time for your offense. So I think he needs – that'll be something for, for Quinn to really work on is to get Trayvon into that mindset of a bat down is better than a completion um, as opposed for trying to go for that intercept and, and getting that glory shot. So, um, 
yeah, that, that'll be the, I guess, like the defining thing for me to see how we can turn Trayvon into a better lockdown corner as opposed to a turnover machine. Riley, you're getting me excited for the upcoming season. I cannot wait to see what happens with Trayvon. You're exactly right. He's, he's either going to be the next Hall of Famer, continue with all those interceptions, or, you know, some of this gambling that he has been doing is, um, you know, he's going to start to get a little bit exposed. So it's going to be very interesting. All right, team, uh, that was our match. But just giving a quick little nod there, I think we had a clean sweep of Dan Quinn. No one is going to back Jack Del Rio. No, I don't think that was any surprise there. Uh, Dan Quinn there, going to be really interesting to see what the Dallas Cowboys can do. Can they make a run? I mean, you know, Dallas Cowboys fans, they've been waiting for a little while. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. All right, team, let's run into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, new little series here in Rapid Fire. We're going to dive more into our predictions. Um, We're going to look at some uh, key categories in the NFL, and uh, obviously we'll reflect back and see how correct we were. Uh, The first one this week is uh, talking about who will be the leading rusher uh, this season. Now, a lot of times the awards are given at the end of the season. We all say, yes, we predicted that, but here we go. Uh, I'm really interested to hear what people's thoughts are. Laura? Who's going who's gonna to win the title? Who will be the leading rusher in the upcoming season? Oh, I think I'm going to stay in line with tonight's episode. I'm going to back Jonathan Taylor. I think we saw an outstanding season from him last year, over 100, uh, 1,018, uh, 1,800 rushing yards. <laughs> but I think he's going to you know, follow that back up. I'm excited to see you know, a healthy offensive line, what they can do, if that can actually you know, give us more production from him. I think it can, and I'm excited to see him, you know. So I'm putting my money behind Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. This is so difficult. I've uh, had all week to think about this. Look, um, you know, it, in my opinion, it's not going to be Derek Henry. Um, I'm, I I believe there might be a little bit of a slowdown in his production. I'd say that most years, though, just to be clear. So I'm sure he's <laughs> going to make me look very, very silly. Look, it is hard to go against Taylor. Look, uh, you know, someone who I've been keeping an eye on um, is young Mitchell out of San Fran. You know, with this, whole De- with this whole Debo situation, I wonder whether they allow him to play a little bit more receiver and they really, you know, uh, get, get a little bit more yards out of um, Elijah Mitchell there in San Fran. So, look, I'm going to have him as a little bit of a smoky, but agree, Laura. It's going to be really, really hard to see anyone topping um, Taylor because... You know, you can see what the Colts are going to do. They're not hiding it. They are going to be running the football each and every week. Uh, Lara? Um, I kind of want Riley to go first while I keep sort of yeah, tossing well, that's up. Yeah, right. Riley, jump in. I, I'm in two sort of minds. Um, okay. I, I love Henry, and I think he is a, an amazing running back. I, I want him to get it, but I think um, – I don't think the Titans have a good receiving core and I think that's going to be a big deal because especially with um, the way that uh, Tannehill came out and said he wasn't really going to help Malik Willis um, in the locker room kind of thing, like you want to be really cohesive and I don't think you, that they're going to have that this year. Derek Henry will still run over people, um, but I think it might actually be Alvin Kamara. I think the Saints, I think he just has an ability to make people miss. Um, And I think rushing-wise, 
he will have the most yards. I think the combined scrimmage yards will actually be none of the running backs that get the most running uh, rushing yards. I think it'll be somebody else um, in terms of scrimmage yards. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Kamara. It's, it's pretty incredible. Like Taylor rushed for uh, 1,811 yards last year. So, you know, I, I guess there, there's been a lot of players who have been put on notice. If there's any chance of dethroning him, they're going to have to really um, step it up. Lara, is there anyone out there that you can see chasing him down this year? Because Taylor, he's still young. He's still very much in his prime. The Colts are going to be running the football. Is there anyone out there that can, that can run, that, run him down and get the record? I think the three who've been listed are probably the top three. I was tossing up between Derek Henry because I just think that if he's healthy, he is a machine. And I know that this is a few years in now, but he is something else. Like he's still up there and is one of the top rushers of last year, even though he was out for half the season. And I agree that Jonathan Taylor has he's he has incredible abilities but i think henry's ability to just bulldoze people if he's if he's healthy um i'm gonna throw a wild kind of card into the mix and i'm gonna say i'm really interested to see what the steelers do with Najee harris Mm. this year um he had about twelve thousand twelve thousand yards whoa (laughs) 400 yards um last year as a rookie on a rubbish team Crap line, crap quarterback, crap like like, and he was everything. He was like so. I'm interested to see what happens now with it with a with a bit more support around him. He's come back looking bigger and well, I mean stronger. Who knows? Uh, yeah, fitter. I, I, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens there as a wild card entry. I would also like to give a special almost in memoriam shout out to Chris Carson. You know, I think he would have been up there. He was definitely in the top five, you know, the last few seasons, but coming off that neck injury, it's looking like he's probably going to retire or at least have his game exceptionally limited by the Seahawks. So I would have loved to have given it to Chris Carson. It's a guy that I really thought was starting to really come into his prime and they were definitely starting to get that Seahawks offense moving around him in a bigger way. But, you know, unfortunately probably won't see him this season, but, just like to put that honourable mention out there. Yeah, all right. There, there you go, team. Um, all right, well, there's all of our predictions out there. Um, it's going to be hard to see if Jonathan Taylor can, can run that down, but Canberra responsibly, a little bit of value there for Elijah Mitchell in San Fran. You heard it here first. But uh, anyway, we'll see how close we are uh, as, we, uh, as we get close to the season. All right, team. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. Uh, and to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support of the NFL show. Uh, how can you continue to support us? It's simple. Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.